Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Don't you carry nothing that might be a load. Come on now, ease on down. Ease on down. Okay, let's we can't do the whole song. Yeah, we can't. <laughs> that was oh my god, the whiz. Yes. How did you uh, well first, hello everybody? Me and Mandy are hello. so Hello, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a cup of coffee and it's 6:40 p.m. So <laughs> yes, welcome back to what episode is this of Brown Ambition? I think we're on 16. Sweet Ooh, 16. So sweet 16 and never been kissed. Well, <laughs> yes, welcome back to the 16th episode of Brown Ambition. And yes, The Wiz, what did you think of it? I have been so hyped for The Wiz for the last, like, ever since they announced. And I, w- I remember watching Shanice Williams go on the Today Show as, like, this new talent. I loved, like, Mary J. Blige. I don't know where to begin. Like, I've, I've been the kind of person, like, I watch Sound of Music and mm-hmm. I watch Peter Pan Live. And okay. while I was watching it, I'm like, why am I doing this with my life? Why am I, like, I only watched Sound of Music for and- Audrey McDonald. Like, that's, like, the one reason. Okay. Peter Pan was a waste of my life. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but from the beginning, Wiz was just so different. The set design. Yeah. The costume. Yes. David Tell Alan me. Greer as the lion. Yeah. He was I didn't so even good. know he could sing. And, like, you know, and my friend was like, and I still don't know. I said, ooh, the shade. He was, he was good, if you ask me. He was me. so good. I forgot that he was even him. I forgot all about Neo. Until the <laughs> end, I was like, wait, who? was the tin man I yeah like, oh, i forgot all about neo because he was so good he's blended in yeah and i Blige. queen i just love queen Latif. her outfit <sighs> was so her costume was so beautiful i was trying to think whose costume was my favorite and i feel like the award goes to everybody in the emeralds in the emerald club yes uh voguing Vogue. they Sl- gave what me that they slay fierce <laughs> yes slay. i was that like was in, i was entranced Yes, and the poppies, of course. I was like, oh, look at these sexy poppies giving me a little tour. <laughs> and the lion. I was like, just like a man, lion. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that was so no. different. I'd never seen, I mean, obviously, I wasn't even born when the play was on Broadway. Um, and I, I saw the, the movie version, like, yeah. I don't even know the last time I saw it. Maybe when I was a little, little girl. So it was sort of like, it was completely fresh for me. A lot of the plot I didn't even remember. Yeah, I I just remember like thinking that the guy who played the scarecrow, I loved him, and but he he reminded me of Michael, and it just made me a little bit sad. Like, oh, I remember when Michael played this, and I even went online, which I'm sure so many people did, and I like pulled up like um he's on down the road, so I could watch it on YouTube, and I was just looking at Michael, and he was acting and singing and dancing, and it just hit me like, yo, Michael Jackson was amazing. Mm. 
so talented. And yeah, so oh, it was just really nostalgic for me. Me and um, Supergirl watched it. Superman was upstairs watching football. He was like, yeah, I'll pass. Oh, that was probably her first time watching that, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize because she asked me in the morning because she fell asleep. She said, so how did it end? And I said, are you kidding? And she was like, no. <laughs> Wait, she's never seen The Wizard of Oz? No, she's nine. And so, you know, and I was like, what do you mean, how did it end? She's like, how did it end? Like, it was a new movie. And I was like, oh <gasps> new. I was like, okay, we have to watch it. So a new tradition tradition for us. I couldn't believe it. I forgot. Like, oh, she didn't grow up in that era. That's amazing that this is going to be her first Wizard of Oz. Yeah, um, I know. Right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm looking at pictures. Oh, Amber Riley. First of all, I love Amber Riley, like I follow her on Instagram. I love her voice. I love her person. I love. I watched her on Dancing with the Stars. That's how mm-hmm. into her I am. And she was so good at as a what was her Adeline? Abeline? <laughs> how do you say her name? The witch. I don't. <laughs> I I don't yeah, I know, but she was really good. <laughs> I don't think anyone in the cast. I wish that um, Stephanie Mills had had more time. Yeah. I also I saw someone tweet, and I had to agree. I'm like everyone else has like a modern outfit, but they put. Aunt M in this like old lady outfit. Yeah, you're right. Why wasn't she dressed for 2015? You're right. You're right. And there was just so many things that were kind of funny. Like when um they found out that uh, uh Queen Latifah, the Wiz character, was a woman, right. and they're like, and she was like, "What's wrong with being a woman?" <laughs> I was like, "Yes, you better sass them." <laughs> that was so perfect for her too, because she's already like kind of and she can be really androgynous. Yeah, I mean. and she's come out as gay, you know, fairly recently, and so mm-hmm. it was just kind of like okay. And I saw, like, when she was in her robe, when they, like, you know, pull back the curtain, I was dying because that is so me in Jersey sitting at my desk. <laughs> I was like, look at Queen representing for the at-home entrepreneurs. <laughs> her hair still looked pretty good for being at home. I know, but it was just good. I had a good time. Oh, what did you think of Uzo, Uzo Aduba? I liked it. I mean, I know people were like, oh, she missed some notes and whatever. I'm like, it's live. I'm sorry. What are you doing with your life watching at home? Oh. Did she? I don't even remember. I just, I thought, I love the fact that when she came down, this brown woman, you know, and, and the first thing out of Dorothy's mouth was, she's so beautiful. I was like, message, you know? That is, and you know what? Um, That's why I was thinking Supergirl. Like, the fact that this is her very first Wizard of Oz. Like, Mm -hmm. she doesn't know any other Oz. It's like people who were born with a black president for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you think about how transformative is that for you, that it's not a big deal to have a black president because that's all you've ever known. Mm Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, on the internets, some people (laughs) who obviously did not grow up with an all-black cast in anything, where uh, even before The Wiz aired, people were already, like, throwing shade and and asking the stupidest questions like, why isn't there a white Wiz? I'm like, racist. uh, Where's the white Wiz at? (laughs) Oh, if it was an all-white cast, you guys would be calling racism. (laughs) I'm like, hello, have you not seen The Wizard of Oz, you idiots? That's what that is. That's crazy. (laughs) It was so crazy. I was like, are they just doing this just to get, you know, their tweets shared online? And then also, just like, can we talk about every single movie where it's all white people and there's like maybe one person in the... Like, I just finished watching The Gilmore Girls. Mm -hmm. Did you like The Gilmore Girls? I did, actually. I liked it too, but like I, it was like maybe halfway through the third season, and I'm like, wait a second, there is not literally not one brown person in this entire season, and we watched all the way through, and I'm like, this is this is all like they went through seven seasons of a show based in Ken, what Connecticut or New York, both places, yeah. not a single black character. Like, I mean, we've been, but like that's not, and that's not a new thing. Yeah, that's just normal. It's called life, and nobody. Yeah, so I feel like. I saw yeah. I saw a funny tweet of someone. They found the background dancers at the um, the evil witch's lair, evil mm-hmm. evil witch's lair, Mary mm-hmm. J. Blige, and they found one white guy 
in the back and they're like, oh, here you go. Here's your token white guy. <laughs> Welcome to our world. Yes. Yeah. The Wiz, I mean, it's just so crazy because that was the purpose of the Wiz. It was in response to the fact that the Wizard of Oz really was an all white, like, you know, production. And here was like a little flavor added and, you know, a little brown flavor. It's just, you know, people always are looking for something, whatever. I think they got like a, a viewership of like almost 12 million people watched that night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just was like, oh, it was just nice. And I like I like I did a lot of live Facebooking just because it was fun. Oh, I and, was on the um, Twitters. I was on the Twitters. Yes, I was trying on the Twitter. And like they had a lot of funny memes, especially about poor Toto. Did you see the memes about Toto? No, because he didn't get any airtime. <laughs> yes. They had this one picture of like three dogs, like like with your eyes narrowed, looking mad, like Toto's family watching tonight, like, where is he? <laughs> Aww. I was dying. I was like, leave me Toto does not care. They couldn't have had a dog the whole time now. Come on. Exactly. Can you imagine live? That dog would have been pooping and peeing and running around and barking. They just could not have done that. I know. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> you know, that kind of reminds me. I heard on when I was listening to the read this mm-hmm. week and, and uh, Kid Fury was talking about how Lupita Nyong'o, you know how she's going to have a role in the new Star Wars movie that everyone is like losing their shit about? Yeah. Um, about the movie itself. Apparently her role, he says, there's speculation that it's been like cut to a sliver. Okay. Oscar-winning actress Lupita, which is kind of a bummer because she would have been the only black woman in that whole cast probably. But I thought I saw like a quote from the director saying that like Lupita was amazing or something like that. And oh, did he answer? Oh, good. I, okay. I thought I saw something like that. So I guess we'll see. You know, the proof will be in the pudding. Are you going to go? I don't, you know, I'm not a big Star Wars fan. I don't even know if I am. I've never seen it. I was just talking to uh, my fiancé. He said, <laughs> we're going to try and watch it this weekend because I kind of want to see it. Like, I want to see it for Lupita or I want to see it for the, I don't know what character the other black guy is playing. I want to see it for him. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Right? Like, I want to see it for the blacks. <laughs> Brown people. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, not a huge movie. Like, Jarrell is a huge movie person. And, like, I'll go just because, you know, I'm trying to be, like, the good girlfriend. But I'm the type of person, i rather watch the movie, like, in the house, on the couch, where I can pause it, go to the bathroom, get some food, you know? Oh, you're that kind of, you're like my mom. I was always yelling. I'm like, Mom, sit down. <laughs> oh, I just want to do the laundry real quick. No, yes, no, 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 no. Yes. We're, we're watching a movie. Oh, but that the is dishes. Me. That Whoa. is me. Oh. And Jerosh has a whole ambiance of, like, movie, him and Supergirl. So, well, Superman <laughs> and Supergirl will have a whole ambiance of, like, movie time. And, and I'm always like, ooh, real quick, quick phone call. He's like, are you kidding me? No. That's what so, my dad and I do together, go to see movies. Oh, that's cute. What else is, oh, I lost my notes. Hold on. <laughs> I'm trying to think. What else was buzzing? Oh, my girlfriend sent me this. <laughs> So my friend, uh, I'm going to call her out. Her name is Jess. She is my dear friend. I've been friends with her since my freshman year of college, so going on 10 years now. Um, and she's been single for a while. Sorry, Jess. Living in New York City. And she sent me this, uh, she sent me this link from Vox that I was talking about. What's the headline? Like, I asked my boyfriend to move in with me to save rent. Okay. And Jess was like, God, I really feel for the first time like happy to be single. I don't have to do this. And I feel like this is not... I mean, I read the article and she's like talking about how she's not alone, that a lot of people ask their boyfriends or girlfriends to move in to save rent. And personally, like, I think that's, I don't see, it's not that much different than like getting a roommate, you know? Yeah. But I feel like it's so common in New York. Yeah, honestly, I just feel like it's common. I mean, that wasn't the only reason, but I remember one of the things that Jarrell said to me when we were dating for a while, he was like, why don't you move in and just save rent? You know, that's and I was romantic. like, I know. And I was, that's why I said no at first. I was like, no, I'm good. Cause my rent is about the same as what I'll pay splitting it with you. Right. You know? And then he was like, all right, I just want you to be here. You're always here anyway. I'm like, that's what I wanted to hear. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, right. <laughs> because I think he was trying to appeal to my budget needs to side. 
of being like, ooh, maybe I'll tell her to save. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't move me. Um, but yeah, so I mean, honestly, I'm paying, I was paying really low rent before. So, and when I first moved in, Jarrell was like paying all, Jarrell, darn it, Superman was paying all the bills. <laughs> and I was like, I felt bad. I'm like, well, don't you want some help? And so now, like, which my friend, one of my BFFs told me that I was crazy, that I should let a man be a man. How do you feel about mm. that? Like, I, I didn't, you know, Wait, I just, a man be a man by what? Paying all the bills? Yeah. He, Cause he was paying all the bills, even though I make significantly more than Superman, he was paying you know, all the bills. And well, most of them, I would say he was paying about 75% of the bill. Cause I, of course I was paying my own bill and I think I was paying like the cable and that was it. Oh, and okay. I just didn't, it didn't feel right. Especially since I was making more than him and I am making more than him. Um, and she was like, no, that's what, you know, she subscribes to the whole Steve Harvey theory, which I, you know, I'm not necessarily in agreement with, but I've never had anybody take care of me financially. And I just felt like, well, we both eat the same food and you know, use up the same amount of room in the house that we should split the bills. And so I think that's very antiquated, that whole idea, especially today. I mean, unless you're dating so like a banker or something and he's, you know, loaded and he yeah. doesn't matter. But I feel like we're all in the same boat these days. Most couples in, the, in their 20s and 30s, like you probably have student loan debt. You probably haven't had that much of a raise in the last few years. And I, and I think you have to be like the whole I don't know. I just think that's not fair to the guy. Yeah, that's why I said that. I was just like, well, because she was like, what? You should let him be a man. You shouldn't have offered. And I'm like, yeah, it seems a little selfish <laughs> that like, no, I just. What if think, he ended up resenting you? Yeah. And who knows? Especially, you know, especially with seeing my business grow. Like, wow, Tiffany's making great money and she's literally paying nothing. It just didn't seem like fair. It's not it's not like I'm paying. I said, hey, I'll take care of all the bills myself. I just said, like, let's just go half. Plus, I think that forces you into a position of, like, you made me feel guilty. Oh, he's paying the bills, so I should clean the kitchen. And, you know, it just sort of pushes you into these other guilty, you know, for being, it makes you guilty. And then you do all these other roles that, like, you maybe not have time for. It's not just to sort of have this, this, like, semblance of equality. Yeah, that's true. We're pretty equal on everything when it comes to, like, cooking, cleaning, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, we have, I have weeks definitely that I don't do a whole lot and I have weeks that I do do a whole lot as it relates to that. But I don't know. It feels right for me to be, it just feels good to know, like we're going half, we're good. And, you know, and plus that means he has extra money left over for that ring that exactly. I'm assuming that he's saving for, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I, I did a little check-in recently. How's that ring money going? He just looked at me like Tiffany. <laughs> uh, it's only been, wait, wasn't it been like a week since you started hinting? Oh, no. I mean, well, no, from the very beginning. See, because I'm 36. So when we first started dating, I said, before we enter into this relationship, let's make sure we're on the same page of where we're headed. Yeah. yeah, And, you know, and so he was just like, because I mean, Jarrell, he um, Superman's not new to me. We had been friends for a while. We had dated a little bit earlier when we were younger. And so this wasn't like some brand new person. It was kind of like, well, if this is something we're doing, are we on the same page? And he was. And so I just check in every once in a while because our big, my biggest thing and his biggest thing is always, if you're not on the same page as me, just let me know. Yes, it might hurt my feelings and I might be heartbroken or whatever, but I'd rather know so I can make a choice based upon what is, not what, what I want it to be. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that you should be, like I said, like in re, uh, my fiance and I, <laughs> we, uh, we talked about like getting married before moving in together. And, and I would say, I mean, maybe it's just because I was raised by a single mom and I saw, you know, when my parents got divorced, she couldn't afford the house that they had. So she had to move and we were living with my uncle for a while. Then we moved into a tiny little house and, you know, it was always a struggle. And I always told myself, like, 
I'm never going to be relying on a man enough. Like if, if a guy moves out, I want to be able to at least know that I can pay the rent on my own and that I won't be out of, you know, homeless or like out on the, you know, out on my own. Um, and that's always been in the back of my mind. And then, you know, my fiance's known that from the get go, like I'm moving in with you for the, because I love you and because I want to live with you, not because I need to yeah. financially. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he respects that. I think it's that, I mean, I feel like every, everyone's relationship, you have to make up your own rules. That's one thing I've learned. So like my, I have one friend who I just love her relationship with her boyfriend. They've been together since they were kids, honestly, off and on. And, but they like, since they were 14 and she's, uh, 31, 32. And like, you would think that they just started dating. They're so cute together, you know, like they laugh, they play, they joke. Um, and one thing I've learned from her is as long as she and I have been friends, I've known her since high school. She, I can count on one hand that she said anything, even slightly disparaging about him. She might be like, oh, he's getting on my nerves, but that's even rare. And she has never discussed like their, their inside business, you know? And so just seeing that has just given me like a great, like kind of like roadmap to like, that's how I want to be. I want that, you know, I mean, I protect him. Exactly. You know, and I'm sure they've gone through whatever I'm sure, but she would never, ever, ever be like, oh, let me tell you what terrible thing that he's done. And I'm so sick of him. Like that just doesn't come out of her mouth. Even if she's upset with him, you know, that just, it's toxic. It is very toxic because you're not always going to be mad at your boo, but now you're going to have the whole world mad at them forever. Yeah, I've always, um, well, I've I've learned to not hold grudges mm-hmm. since he and I moved in together. Like when we, like we just literally we're outside. Here I am talking about our beef <laughs> on the podcast, <laughs> but we just got into like a little like we were just bickering about who clean, who needs to clean who needs to clean the spare bedroom, and I was like, but I did it last week, and he's like, you never blah blah blah. But then we get in home and I'm like, whatever, we're engaged. What am I going to do? Like be mad forever. This is stupid. And I feel like, but when I was, when we first started dating though, I was so quick to immediately text my best friend and, you know, Mm. we would get together, put our heads together at work and just talk about all the horrible things that's, you know, what our boyfriends had done the past. (laughs) And it just, it just comes with age. I think you grow and you get perspective on like, what's a small thing and what's a big thing. And she stopped because she said one of the, she had lost a best friend in college because that had happened. She had said something like, oh, he did this, he did that. And then the best friend started treating her boo poorly. Mm. And, and then it became this, do. you know what I mean? Like, and then it became this toxic relationship between the three of them. And the best friend just, it did, wasn't a fit anymore. So the best friend kind of basically left. And, um... You know, so I just so she's a, I just learned to be like I have to protect him. That I'm angry at him temporarily, but you know I can say something that can have people angry at him for life. I'm really protective of you know because we, we both are the breadwinner, right? I mean, not that we're like combining finances with our partners yeah. completely, but we earn more than our partners. And I'm mm-hmm. really I'm protective because between him and I, it's cool. But I'm protective of anyone else having an opinion about that not being okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he does so much for me. Money is not the only thing that's important. Um, and it's, it, it works. And I'm really, I'm cog- whenever I hear someone kind of start to judge that, that like that balance, it, it, it makes me upset. No, I agree because I don't allow for any of that because I'm like, what? Like Superman is like one of the kindest, nicest people that I've ever, I always tell him, you're so much nicer than I am. Like, I don't know any of the neighbor's names. He knows Miss Mary has a bad <laughs> hip and brings her food on Wednesdays. He knows that like little Jeremiah just started preschool and will get him a bike for his birthday. I mean, he's like the kindest, sweetest. And I'm like, that's such a small thing to me being like the, the breadwinner. 
you know, it's in comparison to someone who's actually a good, kind person. So you're right. Me too. I'm protective over that. I wish somebody would say something. <laughs> if you'd like to say something, you can email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. Or tweet us at the BA podcast. Yes. But I say don't move in together just because of the money. You may yes. regret it. And honestly, what happens when he moves out? It's like any roommate. What happens when they move out? You need to have a backup plan. Have your own money. Please have your own money. Yes. Oh, Lord. <laughs> okay. So I think that's it for Buzzworthy. Yes. Buzzworthy out. So first, so it, now it's brown break time, right? And mm-hmm. me and Mandy, we're not going to have, we weren't going to have a brown break, but then I started thinking, I actually do want to take a break. <laughs> I was like, I don't have anything to be annoyed about. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> and it, this is not necessarily like, because I feel bad because my best friend just had one of these. My sister just had one of these. Everybody's having one of these because I'm in my 30s, so everyone's these. popping out these. I'm talking about bagels. bagels. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I love some babies. I love my new nephew. I love my my godson, who was my my best friend's uh, baby. Wait, can you do it? Can you say the whole thing? I need, I need a brown break from babies. Yes, I need a brown break from babies. Not okay. ba- not the not the babies themselves, <laughs> but like from like. And then the baby did, and then the baby said, and did I tell you that the baby said and did did said said bid bid baby? I need a break <laughs> just because every because I guess once you hit your thirties, everyone's like either having kids or their kids are just starting to do interesting things, and so my timeline is babied out. And I'm not going to lie. This is slightly hate because I want a baby. I do kind of want a baby. (laughs) So when I have a baby, I will be sure to annoy everyone with my incessant baby pictures. Exactly. (laughs) Like you should see my text now. Like, you know, when you're 20, some of your texts are like salacious. You're like, hey, no, my text now, anybody can read my G rated text. It's just full of baby pictures from all my friends, my friends and family. Like, and look at him smiling and look at him laughing. And I'm like, oh. Do you do the thing where you like some of your friends' babies better than others? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you know what it is? I have a couple favorites and I have, some, <laughs> I have a couple of not so favorite. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happens. I just connect with some babies more than others. <laughs> no, well, you know what? The two closest babies in my life, they're still so young. Like my best friend's baby, he's like uh, seven months or eight months. And he is Mr. Giggly. I mean, that baby is the happiest baby I've ever seen. I mean, he's like, it's blue outside. It's green outside. I'm happy, happy, happy. And then my sister's baby is like the most chill, cool. Like that baby was born with sunglasses on. (laughs) And he is so, and so we like, I helped my parents put up the Christmas tree, my sisters and I today. And so she brought her baby and he, I was just like, look at this baby. He is so chill. No matter how much we were like, smile, giggle, laugh. He's like, I'm actually chilling. Mm. I mean, you guys look a little silly, but okay. His face is just like cool as a cucumber, and he's so adorable. He's like, tell me a joke then. Why am I yeah. going <laughs> Yeah, he's very dry humor. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like, no crying, no nothing, just looking at you like, I mean, you're going to have to do better than that. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Yeah, so I love them both. And, and like, I'm, honestly, I'm not really sick of, you know, babies. It's just that I'm ready for a baby, and That's I'm just hard. like. It is. It's a lot of work, though. She's like, are you sure you're ready? Because it's a lot of work. I'm sure they would like a brown break from their own babies. I know. Yeah, right? They're like, you can, you can have my baby for a little bit. I <laughs> Man, I kind of want to adopt. Oh, I mean, I, I wanted to mention this earlier. I just read this really good article on Yahoo, actually. Not a shameless plug, Yahoo Parenting. Um, it was like, it was an article about a white mother who talked about adopting two young black uh, boys. And she already, she adopted all of her children. Then she has four kids, two white girls and then two black boys. And I thought it was a really good story just about like, 
how a, like a white mother's perspective of raising two black boys. And she was so self-aware. She's mm-hmm. like, I make sure we have black friends. I do my best. She listed off all these things that she tries to do for them. It reminded me of my mom a little bit because it's got to be hard. you know. Yeah. My poor mom, I mean, not by, I mean, we, we, I grew up in the South and she had two brown babies, two white babies. And I'm sure people gave her weird stares all the time in the grocery store, you know, but she did a great job treating us all like equals. Um, uh, you know, it's so funny you mentioned this because my sister was asking me today. I was like, oh, I'm taping with Mandy today. And she was like, is Mandy black? I was like, her dad's black. Her mom's white. She's like, and it's so strange. She's like, who does she, what does she identify as? And I just thought it was such an interesting question. And I'm like, she's like, because when I first saw her, I thought, hmm, I wonder, because I thought the same thing. I thought maybe you were like Hispanic, but I knew there was a little something. And I was like, hmm, she's got an extra curl in her hair. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, what does Mandy identify? I said, I don't, I think Mandy identifies as, I told her, I feel like you identify as a woman of color that not all the way, like, you know, sister girl black, not all the way, you know, Miss Mandy White, but like, I don't know, just a woman of color. That's how I, that's my vibe from you. But what do you identify as? I mean, I say black and white. I don't know if there's a, I mean, this is my, this is whatever. This is a question I've been asked my entire life. What are you? Who, like, where are you from? What's your background? People, people stop me on the street all the time. Like, where are you from? And I'll be like, America. (laughs) And they'll get really annoyed. They're like, no, but like, what's your background? Oh, Georgia. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I do know. I, I I just say I'm I'm black and white. And I mean, I grew up even further dividing those two worlds was the fact that they got divorced when I was 10. So I would be black when I was at my dad's family, surrounded by my black aunts, my cousins, my uncles. I love them dearly. I don't know. I'm really grateful for my background. I feel like I've got the best of both worlds in a way. Mm. No, I mean, I guess it was just like this random question just because, like I said, first, it was so random. She asked it, what does Mandy identify as? And I was like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, don't all biracial people identify as just biracial? Well, no, yeah. it depends to me. What I've seen is that the majority of biracial people that clearly look like one, one of their segments, mm-hmm. like identify, like, you know, like say, for example, I don't know, like if you're get like somebody who's like, maybe they might be half white, half black, but they look so black, like, you know, super chocolate skin, curly hair, for whatever reason, you know, then it's, I mean, it's not even a question because it's just like, well... I look so black, so I'm not like I'm hiding. And then, but you do get some. And then, because I've gone to school with one of my friends was uh, biracial in uh, high school, but she like it's almost like I could tell she was a little something, but only with like the trained black eye could you see a little something. Because honestly, she looked like Nicole Richie. Like you could really not hardly tell at all that she her father was uh, black, but he was like really fair and had like curly hair, and so. She, she she more so identified with um, her mom's side, like white. Not that she would call herself like just plain white, but I don't know. It just seemed like that's the road that she was taking, which is okay, you know. And then you have somebody like Jesse Williams, right? Is that his last name? Yeah, Williams, from super Grey's cute, Academy. you know. And so he could like totally. He you know he doesn't look like uh he doesn't have super strong black features, and even though he has looks like he has a little something in him, he could easily identify with you know, white if he wanted to, but it seems like he heavily identifies with being black more so than anything, even though, of course, he doesn't dis- discount or discredit his, um, you know, his his white side. But I don't know. I think I that- think that it matters a whole hell of a lot more to everybody else what I yes. identify myself as. Honestly, I'm not trying to like be sassy, <laughs> 
But I mean, I've talked about this before. Like I'm just, I'm tired of people telling me I'm not black. I'm tired Mm. of people telling me that I'm not this. My hair is this, you know, I was just, I mean, people ask me, why are you trying to make your hair natural? Like, why don't you just, you know, just dye it straight or dye it straight, you know, make it straight. Um, I had a, a coworker tell me that I wasn't black because I tried to do the whip nay-nay and I had no idea how to do it. She's like, oh, you're not black. You're not black. And I'm like, I'm so fucking t- Sorry. I'm so tired of people having an opinion about what I am. And it's fine for people to be curious, I guess. But at the same time, it's not like I'm, I don't know, I guess I'm not trying to defend someone like Rachel Dolezal, but yeah. at the same time, I mean, I actually have the background. I have a black father and a white mother and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not going to pick a lane. Honestly, and you don't have to, you know, it's so funny because it's like I remember like like now you can't tell by the way I speak. But when I grew up in an all white, mostly Jewish town. And so at one point, like I didn't even I didn't know what I sounded like. I just felt like I sounded like me, but I sounded like like a valley girl. Like I am an Tiffany and like there was no bass in my voice. No, no, nothing, because that's just where I grew up. And um, it wasn't until I came to work in Newark, which is like majority black. And um, that somebody was like, um, why do you talk like that? And I literally had no idea what they meant. And I'm like, what? And I thought maybe because my parents are African. I'm like, do I have an African accent or something? Because I was born in America. But and she's like, like, you know, why do you talk like that? Stop. And I did not know what she meant. I was 22. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, stop. Like, she thought that I was putting on. And for the longest time, people really thought that I was forcing that accent. And I just mm. remember being like, and then someone telling me, and they used to pick on me, like um, my first job uh, in Newark, like the, the black girls would pick on me and, and tell me that I wasn't black and I sound like a white girl and like they were going to beat me up and some other foolishness. Until one day I just snapped and she was like, um, something, something, yeah, okay, whatever, white girl. And I said, can I ask you a question? And she was like, yeah. I said, where, where were your parents born? And she was like, Jersey. I said, what about your grandmother? And she was like, Georgia. I was like, well, what about your her grandmother? And she was like, I don't know. I said, you want to know where my parents were born? She was like, where? I said, Africa. You want to know where their parents were born? She's like, where? I said, Africa. You want to know where their parents were born? She said, where? I said, Africa. And Africa before that. And Africa before that. Let me tell you who's the blackest person in this room. It's not you. So, like, don't, you know, and I just remember telling her that, that, like, just because I sound a certain way and, like, I don't have hardly any rhythm. This is just true for whatever reason, and like, that doesn't make me less black, you know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. I can trace my roots back to the, to back before when my last name was one name and the village was started by my great, 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 great grandfather. So, you know, I'm I, good on the black side. <laughs> and after that, they stopped. I don't and even so, get what it is. Like, what is the magic formula that makes you black enough? I think it, I think what it gets down to is socioeconomic status and yeah. where you grew up and where you're from. And like, I'm not even going to lie. I'm not from the hood. Yeah, me either. My family is. My dad's family live in the hood. I go there over the holidays. I feel uncomfortable all the time because I'm not of that environment. But I love my family. Yeah. And like, it's so crazy now because I kind of live in semi the hood now because this is where Superman is born and bred. And I'm like, oh, look what love brought me. (laughs) And but honestly, I don't mind. I don't know. You know, it's it's it was such an adjustment coming from African parents, super African at home. And then at school, everything is super white. And then all of a sudden coming to a super black town. And but it's been like I love it, though. I love that I get to see different walks of life, you know, as it relates to be, me being me and me being black. But you're right. What does black really mean? Like, 
you know, is it skin color? Is it, like you said, is it culture? Like, if you can't whip a nene, are you less black? I don't know. I think they should tell us, like, what do you think being black means? I would love to hear from the people, from the folks listening at home. What do you think being black means? Tweet us at the BA podcast. Facebook us. This is what I think black means at Brown Ambition on Facebook. And email us at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. You can read those emails. I'm good. I don't want to read. Oh. <laughs> They're going to be like, you're not black enough. I'm like, oh, I'm exhausted. No, we're not. We're asking, what do you think yourselves? Yeah, like not, not, we're not asking Mandy or me, but what you just think that being black means. What's going to happen when my last name is all of a sudden, like, like my new name will be Santos. That's my new last name. Like, then oh, you know what's going to happen? Everyone who who's hispanic when they see you and you don't speak spanish they're gonna think that you're trying to deny your culture <laughs> they're gonna i i feel like people will be like oh you're hispanic like that like i feel like people will be finally like oh that makes sense yeah you look brown you're probably you're probably dominican yep but i love i love being ambiguous because it's allowed me to travel and blend in everywhere i go i can mm. blend in in brazil i blended in in chile and argentina mm. like i love blending in no one asks me any questions that's awesome though you're right though because you're right you can you're like they're, um, what do they call it? Uh, racially ambiguous. Actually, BuzzFeed just had a, did you see that article about mm-hmm. celebrities you didn't know, uh, were like biracial or whatever, but some look of them, at Rash- like, look at Rashida Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Quincy Jones is her father, Brown man, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and look at what we all knew that, um, what's her face was, uh, what's her name? Mariah Carey was, right. uh, and, but there were some people on there that I didn't know, like, uh, some young, well, some of these people are too young for us to like really care about. Um, but um, yeah, wow, we, we that was a long brown break. Did you even do your brown break? I did not, <laughs> but I can do a brown break from people asking me what I am. <laughs> okay, and, oh, that's good. <laughs> how black I am and telling me whether or not I'm black. Oh, <laughs> yes, we can definitely take a break from that. <laughs> so, as, as a matter of fact, don't hit up the emails. I take that back. Thanks. <laughs> we're taking a we're taking a brown break from that. Eh. We're canceling that. Plus, I really <laughs> wanted this podcast to not just speak, to speak of women of color, you know, that's why it's called yeah. Brown Ambition. And I, I think that even though we may not, like, I may not be Hispanic, um, and you may, may not be Indian American or some other race, you know, like, I feel like there are shared experiences yes. of being other um, that we can all relate to and, and speak from. And that's why that was the whole sort of impetus for this podcast. And I hope it feels inclusive and people feel like they can get something out of it no matter where you're from. Yeah, I think so. I don't think we get like super race heavy most of the time. I mean, but it's good to bring it up when it comes up, you know? Definitely. Definitely. So let's go right into wins. Wins. Right? When the two of us. <laughs> I like that song, Ben. That's just random. Anyway, so a win. What is a good win? Um, I have a win. Okay, what? Well, I kind of told you about this before, but this week, um, I mean, I don't want to talk about my current employer too much, but this week I asked for a raise. Ooh, how did it go? I don't think my boss is listening to this, so hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it went it went well, um, and I hadn't planned on doing it. I didn't have like, you know, I didn't have a PowerPoint slide presentation of my you know, accomplishments for the past year, but I just know that the, Q, that the third quarter is a really unimportant in time to ask for a promotion and a raise because this is a time when they make all the decisions going into the last quarter before okay. the fiscal year ends. Okay. Um, so from a strategy point, I was like, now or never, now or never. Um, he was very receptive and I'm really glad I did it because um, one thing he told me was, wow, no one else has asked 
me this all year. Like no one else has asked. Mm. And I'm like, yep. And you know what the first thing I did was I went back to my desk and I told the two, my, one of my two close work friends, they're both women. I was like, ladies, do not be afraid to ask, go ask for a raise. And I know one of them went to ask and I'm pretty sure the other one's going to ask soon. Good. And I was like, there's, and you know, I, I didn't even feel like, oh, you know, I don't want to tell anybody that there's a pos- that this guy, you know, seems open to it. You know, I, I, I wanted to share that because I feel like information is power yes. and we should tell each other everything we know about what it's, what it takes to get to the next level. And there's enough out there for everybody. So I was pretty proud of that moment. I mean, who yeah. knows if it'll happen, but still the fact that you asked, that's huge, yeah. you know, and you never know if you don't ask, all you do is get bitter. Exactly. The answer is always no. If you don't ask. And I will say this, I didn't, um, we're supposed to have reviews and I didn't get a review this, this, um, past quarter mm-hmm. and I, everyone, no one got a review. Um, and everyone sort of just let, you know, they grumbled about it, but no one actually did anything. And I was like, I'm just going to ask my manager for a review and I'm going to ask for a raise. I'm just going to do it. And, um, I, I hear people complaining about, Oh, my manager doesn't ever give me a chance to, you know, have a review or sit down with me. And sometimes you just got to do it yourself. I'm not saying it's not ideal, but um, you got to take the initiative sometimes if your manager's not doing it for you. Because he's yeah. not there to make, he's not, they're not, they have so much on their plate. You know, one employee maybe isn't the priority. So you have to, you know, speak up for yourself in that way. Exactly. The sque- what is it? The squeaky wheel gets the oil. I'm a squeaky wheel. I'm just, <laughs> just squeaky. Every, and then let me tell you, I was nosing about trying to figure out everybody makes, like, what can I ask for? What's possible? I ask all the awkward questions. I'm squeaky. <laughs> That's good. going to get most, me in trouble one day. <laughs> no, most people are not, are not squeaky. Uh, what was I going to say? Um, my win is I'm leaving tomorrow morning on my first international speaking gig. Woo woo. I'm excited. It's in Barbados. It's for this, um, this bridal magazine called Munaluchi Bridal. They're having a, they have an annual kind of like bridal conference. Ooh, where can you like, get me any coupons or like a free copy of the magazine? Oh yeah, true. I should. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. Like, yeah. So um, they asked me to come speak because they do this conference and all these bridal professionals fly in from all around the world. Um, some are coming as far as like Africa. Um, oh, wow. and, yeah. So it's, Dope. I guess they've done this before. Oh, I'm looking at the Instagram. Ooh. I know. Very fancy. Please and so bring they were me like some samples back. <laughs> they, well, maybe, yeah, true. And um I she asked me to come because she said that one of the number one things they I guess the participants of the last conference said they wanted to learn about was how do you budget as a as a business owner. And I was like, oh, okay, I can come talk about that. And she was like, you know, obviously like the the hotel, flight, food, all that stuff is free. And I was like, okay. And then she was like, you can bring anybody you'd like. I was like, Superman, do you want to fly? And he was like, yes. And I said, well, wait, let's see like, if, how much extra it would cost. And she was like, no, it'd be no additional cost for him. He'd just have to get his flight. So then I checked to see. I said, you know, he has a credit card. I said, well, let's see between my points and your credit card if we have enough points to get a free flight. And we did. What, so what? I know. A what, total, what, what? Five days, four nights in like a, a resort in Barbados for free. So I'm super excited. It just I know we're just going to have a ton of fun. And like literally, it's just straight vacation for him. And I only speak one hour on one day. So the rest is just pure vacation. Holy crap. And they give you five days. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm looking at their Instagram right now. That's why I got quiet. It's really pretty stuff. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm really excited about them. Are you talking about how to save and budget while you're with a business while you're planning a wedding? 
No, I'm talking about, because these are all um, bridal professionals, so I'm more so talking about how do you... Oh, gotcha. Uh, yeah, how do you save, um, or really just how do you budget when you're when you have an irregular income, you know? So that's what I would... You know, we talk because everybody kind of struggles with that, especially in the beginning. And, you know, so I was like, you know what? I know I did. Well, I believe this is the end of BA podcast. We are signing off. I still have packing to do. I'm just looking at my toes like, yikes. I can't go to Barbados with these toes looking like this. (laughs) I know. I have so much to do, but you know what? I'm excited and I can't wait to, I would say get a tan, but I mean, I was born with this tan. So, you know, God did it. Built in in sunscreen. That's what I call it. Yep. (laughs) Have so much fun. I'm so excited for you. I, I can't wait to. Uh, Superman's like, are you going to bring your computer? I'm like, who are you talking to? Of course. <laughs> oh, vacation don't stop work. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to work extra, extra like I normally do, but I have things to do. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, I have a lot of fun. All right. Well, we will see you guys next week. I hope you enjoyed. And keep in contact with us. Tweet me while I'm away. Yeah, what's, what's your Twitter? Oh, the budget nista and Mandy, Mandy Woodruff, right? Mandy with yep. the I. At Mandy Woodruff with an I and uh, at the BA podcast. We love hearing from you guys. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.